welcome back to a brand new episode of the Stags Sports Wrap Podcast here in the Stag Sports Network. JJ Duke joined by Drew Kingsley. And Drew, yet another extremely busy week here for Fairfield Athletics. It actually was a bit more of the on-the-road show, away days as we like to call it. So it was a bit more remote coverage, but a lot of good things coming in. And I think for both of us, it turned out to be a pretty decent weekend for Fairfield Athletics. Yeah, I think from now on, we'll just open the show and let you know when it's not a busy week. That's just sort of the reality we're in for this spring. But yeah, another week with a lot of good things for the Stags pretty much across the board. It's kind of funny, actually, because I was looking at how the calendar shapes up and this could be the last show that we have that we're not going to be talking about some sort of conference postseason tournament or NCAA tournament or something along those lines so get ready for the next six weeks or so of what could be absolute chaos where we're talking about regular season for spring sports we're talking about postseason for fall sports talking about postseason for spring sports just get your hats on buckle up and get a get a nice beverage if this is a Monday morning that you're listening to hope you put a little uh, extra caffeine in that coffee because uh, it's going to be fun I understand that there's some limitations to who can use the phrase March Madness. So I guess we'll dive into April Madness starting next week. I see what you did there. And that brings us to our first topic of what will be a bit of April Madness, and that is Fairfield Volleyball. As earlier on, we're recording on the Sunday before the Monday, uh, they Fairfield Volleyball clinched yet another MAC regular season title. They trailed 2-1 in the first match of two on the day away to Quinnipiac, but they rallied to win in five sets, which would be securing the outright MAC regular season title with nine victories, most victories amongst anybody in the league, the best winning percentage in the league through this shortened 2021 season. Um, seventh MAC title regular season form in the last nine years, Drew. It just seems like every year is just consistent success for Todd Kress and his group. It's been really consistent success for about a quarter century here. 19 of the last 25 regular season titles have gone to the Stags. And obviously that's only one piece of the puzzle, but it is a big piece as far as setting yourself up going forward. That is going to be the interesting part about setting yourself up for this stretch run because now things kind of change all of a sudden. It's not looking ahead to playing Sunday doubleheaders. You're playing three matches, potentially up to three days, one per day. But usually at about this time where if it was a traditional season, if Fairfield were the one seed, you just have to worry about playing two. Now you have to play the extra match. And you kind of saw that a little bit in Todd Cress's uh, game plan today. There was a bit of rotation. And you know what? Not the worst thing in the world. Fairfield did drop the second match in five sets. Fair play to Quinnipiac bouncing back after losing in five the match before to defend their home court and win but we saw a lot of good performances uh some old faces getting some playing time shout out to alexis rich dropping over 50 assists in the second match morgan Dahl with a 20 kill performance in the second match as both of us are fist pumping off of that one but this shows that again it's a constant theme of the group is deep but yet they're finding ways to make things work and they're set up for a good opportunity and potentially a nice deep run uh, in postseason play. You know, uh, Coach Crest really committed himself to handling these double headers a certain way and not overextending anybody. And I think as far as results, nine and one is a pretty great outcome of that. There was no, at the end of the day, A team and B team. 
14 healthy players contributed. And I think there's 14 players who are ready to have their number called in Albany if the situation arises. And it's just, it's a really deep roster. Yeah, that it does. So uh, the big picture, this Fairfield heads into the MAC tournament next week in Albany in a good position and in good form. At the time of recording, the official seeds and bracket have yet to be unveiled. However, what we're just going to tell you, as we tell you often, stay tuned on fairfieldstags.com. Stay tuned on all of Fairfield social media platforms because that's where you're going to get the most up-to-date action. Of course, you can check out the Mac social platforms and website as well. But two things that we do know, first off, the days and times of the Mac Volleyball Championship. It's a Thursday through Saturday, quarterfinals on a Thursday. First match starts at 11, then games every three hours. Semifinals on Friday, April 2nd. That's at 4 and 7 p.m. And then the final is on the Saturday at 4 p.m. All those matches will be airing on ESPN+. And again, if you don't have ESPN+, there's simple directions on the Fairfield website to help you get you on your way. Also want to give a big shout out to Laura Seeger and Ella Gardner for winning Mac Player and Rookie of the Week, respectively. Uh, this was for their Mac, their performances in the week previously in sweeps of Niagara and Siena. So congratulations to those two as Fairfield did an outstanding job uh, accruing a number of individual accolades in the season. Uh, next topic for us and a nice little bounce back for Fairfield women's soccer. They've been sitting on that draw that they picked up to Monmouth all the way back on Tuesday, March the 16th, which drew, I guess, ironically enough, it's not that long ago, but it feels like an eternity ago for us, but they welcomed in Manhattan this past Saturday, a team that was riding high, winning all three of their matches that they played and were in first place. But Fairfield did the job, came away with a 1-0 result, a goal inside the final six minutes from Stephanie Tangaris. It wasn't the easiest a match to watch, purely because of the fact that Fairfield just dominated offensively with 27 shots. Um, but they made it a little hard for themselves, but ultimately three points is three points. We'll put that in the back pocket. Yeah, you say three points is three points, especially this year. Uh, you're talking about a six-match regular season. So we're at the halfway point and there's not a lot of ground to make up. You know, the, the Oh, one and one was a bit deceptive. I think we all knew Fairfield was better than that, but to uh, come back and get a win there, you, you really needed it. As we said, we're halfway home. There's, there's not a lot of time to rest on. We know you're better than that. It's time to start winning. And the Stags did that in a big way. Yeah, that they did. And uh, fair play. There are a number of young players that have really inserted themselves into the lineup. In fact, two freshmen getting in on the score sheet in the buildup to that Tangaris goal. It was a Caroline Kelly cross that found L Scott, who's personally become one of like my favorite young players to watch because of the energy that she brings to the table, lots of speed out wide and not afraid to let one or two go from distance as well. Uh, they combine eventually in setting up Tangaris for the winner. Fairfield picked up the three points and they're in a stretch of three matches where if they win all three, they can really rise up quickly through the max standings. And plus it's just great to see improvement in the group from the first match, difficult one against Ryder where they played well, but ultimately didn't get the result built then to get a result at Monmouth and then three points at home. After the match, I spoke with uh, Stephanie about the contest, about her goal and where this team can go, even just spending only a few weeks together on the pitch. So this is just one of those wild games, right, where I think it was 27-some-odd shots for your team. 
didn't come for a long period of time. At what point were you guys thinking, was this maybe our day to not have it, or did we still have something to get us over the line? You know, I think this is one of the weirdest games I've ever played. You know, I think we had the majority of the possession. We took many shots, but was in there, and the majority of the time, I think we knew the entire game that this was our game, and we had to walk out with the W. So I think we all had that motivation in us to find the back of the net, and I'm really happy we were able to walk out the end of the day with that W. Yeah, so go ahead and take us through that goal because it was a nice little build-up in the process, yeah. and L. Scott heads that into just a perfect yeah. area for you. Yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, what I think about when I see someone outside crossing the ball and it's just to get my butt into the box because I know there's going to be knockdowns. I know the ball's going to be fumbling, so that's my mindset. And when I saw that ball fall at my feet, I thought, this is perfect. I'm right in front of the net, and I just tucked that away, and I'm really happy I was able to do that. It's been an, a wild season as well. I mean, we take a look at this group two weeks ago, play well, frankly, from box to box, and the scoreline just not flattering. And then you go to Monmouth, a place that Monmouth never loses. Yeah. You get a point. Do you feel like maybe that was the turning point? Or maybe even the Ryder game saying that we still have a lot to show and we're finally now able to do it? Absolutely. I mean, I think coming off a of Ryder, our team had a lot of digesting to do. We had to really look at ourselves and we had to, you know, realize what we need to do to have a good season. And I think Monmouth gave us a lot of confidence. I think it showed us our potential. We were able to play as a team. We were able to get out with a good result. So I think Monmouth was our really was our turning point and it showed today and ultimately we were able to get the W. So I'm happy about that. A lot of new faces as well, but Absolutely. it seems like this group is just the level keeps going up. Yes. How do, high do you think the ceiling is right now? I think the ceiling is very high, and I think it's just going to keep getting higher as the years go on. You know, we have three freshmen playing in our most important part of the field, and I think they were really able to execute very well today, and I think that showed. I mean, it, we have a lot of new players. I think each year we're always considered a young team, you know what I mean? And I think each as the years goes on, we're just going to keep getting better and better and our young players are really able to bring a lot to the table for us. So that was Stephanie Tangaris with myself after uh, Fairfield's victory away to or at home to Manhattan on Saturday. Going back on the road, and I joke with uh, Deputy Director of Athletics, Zach Dayton, about this on Saturday morning, saying, so Zach, how many buses did you guys send to Western New York this weekend? Because it turned out to be a lot of them. Women's lacrosse away to Canisius. Softball ended up having to move their series, which was originally supposed to be home to Maris, going on the road to Canisius. Tennis were in action away to Niagara, and that's both the men and the women. And all that basically happened within the span of six hours or so. So we'll just kind of run down this one quickly for you. Women's lacrosse, uh, it improved their season record to 6-0 with a 12-9 victory over Canisius, led by four goals from Ellie Greffenstep, five points from Kelly Horning, and four points each from Megan Graham and Deanna DeVita. Drew, you watched this one. Uh, it was just, it was a business, business trip, really. That's all it was. Just go and get a result and get out. Yeah, it was, it was Fairfield women's lacrosse. They came out hot. They built the lead. They... You know, it's, it's Mac lacrosse. They knew the adversity was coming. And of course, Canisius being Canisius, they made their run. They just had that incredible comeback against Monmouth. So they were riding high in the confidence department, really made it a game. It came down to the Stags up one, Canisius with the ball with two minutes to go. Live Conquest makes a huge save on a, a, on a great, a, they call it a great A chance in hockey. I don't know what they call it in lacrosse, but makes a huge save, starts the team going the other way, end up with a couple insurance goals. 12-9, back on the bus at 6-0. and And more importantly, because of how wild this MAC women's lacrosse division has been, it, Fairfield just in a great spot right now. 6-0 and in the league. They're 4-0 at home. They've won twice of their six scheduled matches on the road. They're 
well out in front as opposed to the rest of the league at the moment. There's only one other team that's got three or more wins uh, this year, that being Monmouth with four. And there's no other team outside of Maris who have just played two matches thus far that have less than two losses. So good things are happening right now for Laura Fields group. And also a shout out to Brooke Lennon for winning the Mac rookie of the week last week for her solid two game performance against Manhattan softballs. We mentioned had to kind of change some things and uh, do want to give a, a, our thoughts are with all of our fellow athletic programs and departments for going through a, a litany of changes, COVID protocols, pauses. We hope everybody's doing as well as they can at the moment. And for those teams that we're not seeing on the field, we hope that we see you back as soon as possible, but in the most healthiest way possible. Um, but Fairfield went up to Canisius and ended up scheduled for four, but only played two due to some foul weather. Uh, in the greater Buffalo area on Sunday. So they just got two games in on Saturday. Actually, we're basically spectators for women's cross game because all the sports <laughs> at Canisius are played at one site at the Dembski Sports Complex where you can have soccer, lacrosse, it's both men's and women's on each side, baseball and softball being played there. So softball after waiting their turn, they won the first game 3-2 before dropping a wild second game under the lights, 10-9 in eight innings. Uh, the key performers, Sam Marino, had three hits and a homer. Uh, Alexa Ortman, Michaela Rubin, Andrew Westford, all homered in game two. And Fairfield actually rallied late on, scoring four unanswered in the last two innings before almost even nicking the game. They were leading in the eighth inning, uh, but wasn't able to come away with the sweep. Lauren Reinhardt won the opener, struck out five in that one ironically enough, comes in in relief to try and close out the second game, takes a loss, but still anytime you get wins on the road in this league, you're certainly pleased with that. Then on Saturday night, just short drive away, tennis, both the men's and the women's team took on Niagara with the men winning comfortably 5-2 after winning the doubles point and then winning the top four singles matches straight forward. The women kind of dug themselves into a hole. They lost the doubles point lost at singles four and two. And for those that don't know tennis, you play a doubles point. So three doubles teams, you play one set, you win two of those three sets, if you will, matches. Um, then you get the point. Then there's six singles matches and the points are given on the way that they, the results come in. So even if you're the number one singles, if number five singles finish first, that's how it goes. So Fairfield were down three love basically after they lost at four and two singles, the Stags rallied at five, six, and three singles to level the match, forcing a freshman in Scarlett Hutchinson, who's just played or played basically the second time at number one singles in her career to try and get the win and seal the result, which she did in three sets. And Drew, uh, I had a chance to talk with head coach Jeff Bricker in the buildup to this for our season outlook podcast series, which a little plug here. If you haven't had a chance to go do so, make sure to listen to that here on the Stag Sports Network podcast channel. Um, but he said that this group has a really high ceiling and you know, kind of looking at how things are going. If you have to dig in deep to win a tough away match, you haven't had a whole lot of chances to play a lot this season. That shows like this group can you know, build on what they've had. Remember, the women won it in 2019. The men are really knocking on the door. Yeah, the, uh, the phrase I would use would be quiet optimism around both these men's and women's teams. Obviously we know what the women can do. There's several players returning from that championship team, but the, uh, the men's team was feeling really good about themselves in March of 2020. And a lot of that core is back as well. And really just ready to go. Like you said, 
that that trip to Western New York, whether it's to the Dembski complex or this, these matches in Williamsville, New York, that's that, that trip trip is a haul. And then to, you know, hop off the bus and play a quality opponent and come away with the road win of both teams in close fashion really says something about what these teams are looking to do in the Mac. Yeah. And it's actually funny how the schedule set up for both of these teams in a couple of weeks time, you're basically playing day after day after day of just Mac opponents. So getting yourself early on the board in the win column, that does you a whole lot of help in the confidence category. So we'll keep an eye on how tennis is doing over the next couple of weeks as they get closer and closer to their championship season. Uh, some other quick ones for you, men's and women's golf, good showings in uh, one day events, two of them hosted by Hartford this past week, uh, last Monday at the black ledge invitational, the men finished third out of six teams, women finished second out of seven teams, then three, Three or four days later on Friday, uh, the Wintonberry Hills Invitation. Women finished second again of seven teams. Uh, men were six, but pacing the group on the men's side was sophomore Shane DiVincenzo, who shot one over on Monday, four over on Friday, and was named the Mac Golfer of the Week in the middle of last week, which is second straight time that a men's golfer picked up the award. And on the women's side, uh, seeing a couple of really nice scores, including from sophomore Addie Douglas carded a pair of top six finishes in both events, including second place finish on Friday, graduate student Diana Velez finished in the top five as well. We spoke uh, with Jason Salamino in the last show about kind of the expectations of this golf team and the way things are going. It's going well uh, for that group and they continue to stay at home within the state of Connecticut. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Women's rowing got off to a good start in their season in a, a matchup against a crosstown rival Sacred Heart. Um, notched a number of top three finishes amongst various boats, including a win for the first varsity eight boat. And then during the men's lacrosse game this past Friday against top 20 ranked Hofstra, lost it 15 to seven. However, two uh, big notable moments. Dylan Beckwith moved into second place all time in career assists in CAA history with now 96 career assists as a grad student passed uh, UMass legend and uh, PLL star Will Manny and then grad transfer Matt Lestava notched 300 career points after his first 284 came at division three Bates College he got his magical 300 point mark in just five plus games in and for those two Drew I know we get to see this group a lot day in and day out uh, nothing but well-deserved moments for those guys I know it didn't come in the best possible moment in a loss but still they just have done a lot in their careers and they deserve all the accolades if you want to talk about two guys obviously I've known Dylan Beckwith for a while now and Matt Lestava just getting to know a little bit this year just the two guys who eat sleep and breathe lacrosse and really just if, if you'd seen these guys as freshmen Matt Lestava at division three Bates Dylan Beckwith playing man up, starting lineup occasionally. And then to see where they've come at this point, that's just constant improvement, constant hard work. Uh, really happy for both these guys. Beckwith has a number of other career milestones on his checklist as this season progresses. We'll, uh, we'll keep you updated as I know he's going to knock down a couple more of those doors in the next few weeks.
I don't love also uh, Will Manny giving him a shout as well on social media as uh, when he notched the assist to pass him. Uh, Black Sports Network put that one out on social media and Will Manny right away giving credit where credit's due. Could we perhaps see those two linking up together in the PLL in the very <laughs> near future? Time will tell. Maybe Matt Lestava might have something to say about that as well. If a guy that scores 300 points in uh, NCAA lacrosse, he might have a shout there as well. So uh, good stuff for those two. Uh, looking at your upcoming schedule, and again, chaotic as it usually is. So stay with us. And again, as always, uh, we just remind everyone to make sure to stay in tune, fairfieldstags.com, all of our social media channels for any changes. We get them out there as soon as we can. Uh, on Monday, March the 29th, and Tuesday, the 30th, men's and women's swimming and diving are at the MAC Invitational, which is going to be held at Iona. Uh, this is kind of a sort of a mini MAC championship in lieu of a canceled season due to the COVID pandemic, but a great opportunity for our athletes to get a chance to compete uh, for Fairfield one last time in this season. Women's soccer hosts Niagara at noon on Tuesday the 30th, so make sure to Take a break. If you're using your lunch hour, join us as we'll be on ESPN3 for that. Uh, Thursday, the 1st through Saturday, the 3rd, as we mentioned, volleyballs at the MAC Championships. Men golf are at the Connecticut Cup, which is a three-day event. On Thursday, also, women's lacrosse and men's soccer are both at Monmouth. Field hockey at a big contest at Ryder. So, Fairfield will be hoping for a little Garden State love on that day. On Friday, in addition to the three-day events I've already told you about, um, softball host Niagara actually missed on Wednesday. Softball is going to be away at Iona, women's tennis at UConn, then softball host Niagara on Friday. Baseball, as it's scheduled right now, they're going to travel to Marist. Men's lacrosse is at Delaware. Saturday, the softball and baseball doubleheaders repeat as, again, back-to-back doubleheaders on weekends, this time, of course, Friday and Saturday due to the holiday on Sunday. Field hockey is hosting Bryant at 3 p.m. on Saturday the 3rd. Women's soccer away to Canisius. Women's tennis at Stony Brook. Women's lacrosse again at Monmouth. Men's soccer at Ryder. Lots of hashtag away days to get you fired up for the week. And Drew... Is there anything that I missed or anything that we should be keeping an eye on as we go forward through the rest of the week? I love that it's taken three episodes for you to give up on asking me for a game of the week because you know I'm not going to do that. I was very, you were very close actually in the first episode. So at least I almost got uh, my objective out of the way, but hey, whatever works, you know, it's almost kind of the parting shot. So what do you have for us uh, as we go forward through this week? All right. Well, um, just a reminder, as you said at the top of the show, this is the last week potentially that we're not going to be talking about a Fairfield team in some kind of postseason competition. And that's that's exciting. It's To be honest, it's a little bit emotional thinking about where we were a year ago to have these teams here. Um, and the exciting part is name, name a MAC championship where a Fairfield team doesn't have a really good shot. Volleyball, women's lacrosse, baseball, softball, golf, tennis, pick one. They're all poised to make some noise. So, of course, we hope you stay tuned here. But all these games that we've got, uh, really excited to be doing what we can to bring them to you on the broadcast side. Really excited to be supporting the coaches and the student athletes and how hard they worked to get these games in. So start with volleyball. 
Go Stags. Let's do it. Drew gets fired up when it comes to championship season. In case you haven't really got that on the audio, uh, he is raring to go. I am personally raring to go as well because, again, this is what the athletes live for. This is what the coaches live for. And for us that work in athletics, we love a good postseason run. So you never know. And there could be chances, as Drew said, for a lot of them here for Fairfield. So make sure to stay with us as we go forward throughout uh, now this extreme chaos part of the fall spring combination season fairfieldstags.com follow us on twitter and instagram at fairfield stags of course also there's the various team individual channels and at stag sports net on twitter so for drew i'm jj signing off we'll see you all next time and until then go stags <laughs> <laughs>